Trigger warning. The following episode includes a story of domestic violence. While it is not graphic, it is definitely worth mentioning for those sensitive to such content. When I got married and when this started happening, and I was telling people this was happening, um, it was like, well, but you can't get divorced because the Bible says you can't get divorced. Okay, so so the the institution of my marriage, the the theoreticalness of whatever my marriage is, is more important than my literal life and my personhood. And and I'm just and I'm not okay with that anymore. This is the airing of grief with Derek Webb. Conversations and correspondence about spiritual de- and reconstruction. Season 1, Episode 10. Dodged a Bullet. It is. Hey, hey, man. It's Derek. How's it going? Must be Derek. Good. How are you? I'm doing fine. Thanks for taking a few minutes to chat. Oh, sure. Thanks for calling. Yeah. Did I I catch you in the middle of something there? Oh, yeah. We had a delivery that ended up being late. (laughs) And uh, so, of course. Of course. No, that's how it it works. That's how it happens. Um, Yeah. Well, thanks so much for for making a few minutes to chat with me. Yeah. No problem. Thanks for Um, calling. So we have 10 minutes. Just tell me everything. Okay. Well, the quick synopsis is uh grew up, you know, very conservative, Lutheran, evangelical free, and uh, gotcha, yeah. ended up uh, serving in churches for about 15 years, mostly as a youth pastor. Wow. And, um, and throughout the course of that time, I just had just issue after issue. And um, mm. um, a lot of times with the senior pastor. And... Wow. Um, yeah. And so it ended up, um, I left, you know, three different churches, um, you know, in, in basically three different circumstances, but in a lot of ways, very similar circumstances where yeah. we just could not see eye to eye and, uh, either they acknowledged it or I acknowledged it. And one of us terminated the arrangement. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So, um, and I think throughout the course of that time, it was, um, you know, there was a, there were a series of other events that happened as well. And, and uh, um, the biggest one was that I was just stuffing down my sexuality and yeah. the whole time knowing that I'm gay, mm-hmm. but not really being able to face that and trying to live a very heterosexual life and even yeah. pursue relationships with women and so forth and, yep. and, uh, feeling very, um, just misplaced and, um, mm-hmm. out of place. And though, even though no one knew and no one spoke anything directly to me about the evils of gayness, um, okay. I knew, I knew exactly what I'd be getting myself into if I said anything. So I, uh, it wasn't a direct form of oppression, but it was certainly indirect and, and I knew what to expect. So, uh, after my last circumstance, um, 
in the situation where I was, I was at a church where the church had decided that they were going to move in a certain direction. And that was, that seemed to be, um, really biblical and appropriate and good mm-hmm. for people and, and so on and so forth. Um, what, what it kind of came down to was that the leadership had not really counted the cost of what that meant. Mm. And as soon as it became costly, um, they backed off of it and I called them on it. And, uh, and I had been, um, you know, a, a troublemaker already to that point. <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. Um, right. so someone who kind of speaks the truth, I guess, you know, whatever that means. Yeah. And, uh, um, and, uh, it just, it fell apart. So mm-hmm. that was three years ago, almost four. Um, they terminated me and, and I just was convinced that God still wanted me in youth ministry. And, uh, and so I kept looking for about a year and a half. I was either unemployed or underemployed and, uh, just miserable and realized in, in that process as well that, I was dealing with a, a, a depression issue, an anxiety issue, and started taking medication. And, hmm. and that opened up a lot of doors to me because previously the idea of dealing with the mental illness with any kind of medication was just sort of anathema. Yes. But, um, but as I, as I kind of read and understood a little bit better, it was, you know, it's a physiological issue. If you can, you can fix it, fix it. And, uh, right. So yeah. that, yeah. that sort of opened the door, not that the door hadn't already been kind of cracked open, but it just kind of helped push the door open and help me see, I mean, I had seen sort of the dark underbelly of church for a long time, um, almost immediately. I sort of entered the ministry very idealistically and that was almost immediately <laughs> shot down. <laughs> um, but uh, throughout the course of those 15 years, I just, I, I realized, you know, I kind of became this cynic in a lot of the things mm-hmm. that that I believed at the beginning, I no longer believed at the end. And I just had to acknowledge that. And, um, and it was, uh, you know, a bit of uh, a dissonance for me, but yeah. But you think you really dodged a bullet when you got rid of me. Don't feel bad. I put you through it, lover, turned enemy. Did you think you really dodged a bullet? Hey. That's Derek. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm doing fine. Uh, thanks for taking a few minutes to chat. Of course. Um... So we, now we've talked many times before, but um, never maybe for such a specific reason. And yeah. I don't know how specific it is, really. I mean, basically, <clears throat> you know, we've got 10 minutes, so just tell me everything. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, well, I um, I had let you know, because we have some contact, that yes. um, your uh, – new album really resonated with me and we chatted briefly actually went up to the Waco show and saw you That's right. um, before the album came out um, and said that it was unfortunate that we didn't have more time to catch up afterwards because it seemed like you and I were in a similar, similar place. spots. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I left the church 
couple of years ago, yeah. I guess now at this point, it seems like time's gone really fast. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting. I was listening to the episode two, which I don't know when or if this will be used. Right. But it was just this. It was just this past Sunday. Yeah. Um, and the first guy who talked talked about being in the midst of abuse, and and that just really resonated with me. I'm mm. I'm farther out of it than he was. Um, wow. Yeah. But yeah. So I mean, for me, kind of the my now ex husband. Um, was physically abusive, very physically abusive. Um, and the church didn't want me to leave. Like I was going to, um, the people in my church and telling them what was happening and and telling them what he was doing. Um, and the day it came to a head, actually, um, he literally had me on the floor with his hands around my neck, banging my head on the, on the floor. (laughs) And I called, I called them. Hmm. And they came to pick me up and they were still saying, well, are you sure you should go to the police? Are you sure you should go to the police? Because once you do that, you can't undo that. Hmm. (laughs) Um, Thankfully, one of the people in in this group of of church people um, was a police officer who said, okay, no, (laughs) no, you're going, you're going because I'm now a police officer with knowledge of a crime. So you're going. Well, and fascinating that it took a cop. Like all these people of faith standing around and it took a cop, you know, like somebody enforcing the laws of the land as opposed to the supposedly higher, heavier laws of the Lord or whatever. It's, I mean, I'm glad he was there, but, um, it's frustrating. Yeah. So, um, so I wound up getting medical treatment, had a concussion. The charges were pressed against him for felony strangulation. Um, and he wound up pleading out to something lesser, which is its own issue. Mm. Um, but even then after that, you know, the church people were like, well, okay, for your safety, you can separate, but you know, it's just a separation. Um, and then, so that was July, 2014. Um, and beginning of 2015, I tried to reconcile. Mm. I mean, I, you know, was seeing him again. Yeah. Um, until it became very obvious that, that he at that point was actually only wanting to stay married to me because he didn't want me to testify against him in the criminal trial. Wow. Right. Uh, so that's when I said no. And, and I actually filed and I, for divorce the summer of 2014. Um, and that's when like, it was just done, you know, I wasn't supposed to leave, but I left. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and so, you know, I, I found another place to go after that. Um, and, and they were a hundred percent, you know, when they knew my story, they, you know, they validated me, they validated my story. A church um, you're saying, yeah, you found like, yes, another place. Yeah. I found another yeah. church. Um, a safe place you felt like. Yeah. But even then it just was like, okay, I needed to find you. Cause I needed to know that not all of church people are like, are like that. Yes. Um, right. but this is still not, like this still isn't really where I want to be. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, I think mm. at this point, I just, I just don't really want to have anything to do with God or the church. Like, yeah. I, I don't know if he's real. I'm kind of uninterested in evaluating it either way. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I totally resonate. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, if he's not, well, then no harm, no foul. Um, if he is 
then that raises real, you know, more questions about like, okay, but like your followers did this to me and, and you're the kind of God that doesn't want to control this enough to keep these people. And you arguably allowed it to happen in the first place. Yeah. Cause either, I mean, either, it, either, either you weren't powerful enough to stop it or you weren't good enough to stop it. But, and yeah. you can, and you can, everybody can debate the theology around that question all they want. But the point is the shit occurred and either you were there or you weren't. Yeah. And I have an issue either in either case, either <laughs> Do you know? Yeah. And so, you know, I could spend a lot of energy on this, but why? Because it doesn't feel like the answer is satisfactory mm-hmm. to me either way. Or seems to matter at this point. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the church told me I was not, that I did not have value as a person. Yeah, <laughs> and, well, they know, didn't I just think, tell you, they demonstrated it. Like they, yeah. yeah. And I will even go so far as to say that I think a lot of the theology that was at the church that I was coming from made me more vulnerable to what was happening. Wow. Um, you know, they quote like Jeremiah 29, 11, and, and, you know, you learn that the desires of your heart are wicked, right? The, right. The, the, the Don't trust your, your intuition. Always, yeah. Yes. Or, you know, you're, you know, you, the Roman road, and then, you know, you're just this worthless sinner until Jesus came. So there's sort of this like bedrock foundation of people are worthless, independent of God, but also there's that first part, people are worthless. Right. Is, is a way that it kind of starts to feel like some of that theology is happening. Hmm. So then when I got married and when this started happening, and I was telling people this was happening, um, it was like, well, but you can't get divorced because the Bible says you can't get divorced. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so so the, the institution of my marriage, right. the, the theoreticalness of whatever mm-hmm. my marriage is, is more important than my literal life right and my personhood wow and and i'm just and i'm not okay with that anymore um and you know it the the evolution of how i felt about a lot of this as well in some ways to me is still very tied up with how i feel about my ex-husband sure okay Um, how could it not be yeah and i feel like i kind of worked the steps of grief in the wrong order right like i i denied it (laughs) and then i bargained i bought oh god every awful awful marriage book out there i think i stopped short of debbie pearl but otherwise like (laughs) anything else it's like they were my talismans if i had enough books yeah of Um, course and then i just and then i accepted it like i accepted i need to leave this is what has to happen um but now that i've been separated from it for over a year, I'm angry at him. I feel like I never had permission to be angry yes. at him. But I'm angry that he did this to me. I'm yes. angry that the system let him get off with a misdemeanor and a misdemeanor that's going to fall off his record uh, next month. Like it never happened. Wow, wow man. Um, and all that, all that got brought up again a couple months ago where he tried to end his probation early. <laughs> because two years, two years for attempting to strangle me was too harsh of a penalty and he should be allowed to end it early. Huh. Um, so I'm at this place where in the last couple months, I'm angry yeah. and I'm angry at him. And I feel like I finally have permission to be angry, yes. being angry at him, which I'm also in a place where I think it's fine that I'm angry with him. <laughs> oh no, I think you, I think it's healthy. <laughs> I think it, I think it would not be healthy if you weren't. And if you didn't come around to a place and it, and it feels like that's, that can sometimes be the last thing that comes that comes back, which is like you're you're feeling <clears throat> like t- the way that I have experienced that sort of thing. And I, I don't have any. I mean, I, th- there is a point at which I mean, we're friends, but there's a point at which 
my ability to relate or empathize falls off because I just can't even imagine going through what you've gone through and I can't imagine fighting my way through it the way that you have. But I know that for me, in whatever parallel I can find, um, and, and also being the one who wronged someone as opposed to the one who was wronged by someone, um, it's, and it's not, it's not, it's not ever quite that simple, but that, that's, that's really the story. And, but for me, the last thing that came back was my feeling of having emotional rights, like to where mm-hmm. it wasn't okay. There was a point after which it wasn't okay. Like I've paid enough and, 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 and it, nothing will really ever be enough for me, um, because of how I feel about it and the responsibility, the weight of the responsibility that I feel literally every day over some of those things. But, but there comes a point where you finally do, be it because of guilt or abuse on the positive or the negative side, you finally do come back around to realizing that you have, where, where you, you're ready to fight again and, you're, and, and you get your anger back. And it's like, I think that's an extremely healthy, it doesn't matter what sequence you did, the, the, uh, you know, the, the cycle of grief or whatever. I mean, I, I think for you that it's good. Like you need that, you need that energy you need that anger to be able to um it's like that's a good instinct for you like you you that that's fuel into something that's going to keep you safe and it's going to um keep your boundaries um observed and and respected and you know what i mean so Mm -hmm. i mean i think i think that sounds extremely healthy and and i'm kind of curious well go ahead well it's just it's it the only thing that makes it then feel weird is because of how tied up our our meeting was through the church, our right. our dating was through the church. Yes. My not being able to leave <laughs> was through the church. Hooked to the church. Uh, yeah. That when if I'm angry at him, it's hard not to then feel like, well, then am I angry at the church? And am I allowed to be angry at the church? Because even if I'm not sure how I feel about God. Right. I don't know if I can or should be angry at these people. And yeah. so it's just sort of this wound that I have not, I've not really been dealing with. And I just don't know that I want to. Yeah. And sometimes you have to just take a sabbatical. Like you have to just take a vacation f- from it. And, and, um, cause it'll be there. I mean, it's unfortunately it's there. And I, 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 I feel the same way. Like I, and I, and I, and, and sometimes that's like, that's really the place where you get the perspective that you need is where, it's, um, you know, so somebody, I once heard somebody say that like, you can't, you can't doubt everything at once. Like you, you have to stand somewhere to doubt. Um, mm-hmm. that's what it, that's what it takes sometimes, you know? And yeah. so I think that can be a very good thing. And I think that ultimately you have to follow, you have to listen to your body and you have to listen to your instincts about it. And, um, and, uh, and if that's where it takes you, then you have to trust that it's either going to wind up being a, a thing that is real and that, that can bear your weight and that can protect you and it's safe and it's a thing you should you should get back into or it's not and and like like you said at the very beginning either way it's like something you want to get to the bottom of um, and there's no risk and I mean the, the, the greater risk is in ignoring it not in finding out one way or the other yeah you know yeah so oh it's man just, yeah And it's just, it's sort of, it's been interesting. I feel like listening to your album has made me think more about a lot of it when I was avoiding it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Sorry about that. You know, well, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I have free will. I can choose to listen to your album or not. Okay. You know. That's right. Or at least least you're always a slave (laughs) to your greatest desire and you wanted to listen to it more than you didn't want to. 
<laughs> there we go. For whatever strange reason. <laughs> I'm not uh, sure what that says. No, we have to we have to leave that right there because that, that that'll be a whole another ten minutes. Um, but it's you know dodged a bullet, especially you know it's just like hmm. I, I am the walking I'm I'm the bullet. Like if I walked into that church, which I'm not going to, but like, how would you reconcile what I've done, and hmm. you know what? I am the walking reminder in some ways of, of your failure and the way that you let people down and the way that your theology has been inconsistent somehow with the value of human life, I think. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think that's that song in particular has just been interesting for me to work through. Yeah. <clears throat> wow. And it's, and it's the one with the fewest lyrics. <laughs> it has like two lines. Maybe that's why it resonated so much. Well, it has two lines, but then it has like repeating four good minutes of space to to process them after, and sometimes that's the best thing, yeah. like creating a little space, you know, mm-hmm. uh, which this feels like as well. And uh, and I appreciate, I really appreciate you, your vulnerability and your willingness to tell some of your story and um, and uh, for sticking around for so long. Of course. Yeah. It's helpful that we have gotten to the same place. If you were still singing Cade's Mini kind of stuff, I don't know that it would be resonating. We right might now. not have as much to talk about. That's exactly <laughs> right. Um, well, so and and, uh, and so in light of that, here's to the you know here's to the future, great glass. But um, yes. Anyways, all right. Well, we'll talk again. We'll talk soon. Of course. You have a good rest of your day. You too. We'll see. A letter. Thoughts at 3 a.m. when I should be sleeping. My tired mind knows no brevity. But people wish I was more open to them, so here it goes. Be careful what you wish for. Disclaimer. I love you all. To the best of my abilities. Listening to the new Derek Webb album has brought up some ancient memories by internet standards. Listening to someone detailing the loss of their faith in heart-wrenching songs just puts you in a somber mood. Nine years ago, I went through the same experience. And living in a religious community, going to a Christian university, well on my way to becoming a reformed minister, nothing was further from what I wanted. The majority of my social circle was Christian, or at least religious. There were few people I could really talk to about it, So I became reclusive, in person at least. My politics began changing. My morals began changing. I no longer concerned myself with what I should do to please God. I was worried about what was actually good and right and helped the most people, rather than whether it was approved of or frowned upon by a holy book. Early on I became libertarian. Eventually I slipped more left. I'm not saying the left have a stronghold on true morals. It's just where my ethics led me. The biggest shock to my worldview was when my grandpa died. It was the first time I had lost anyone close to me. I was completely torn apart. And the worst part was that I couldn't mourn openly with my family. They all retreated to their worldview of him being in a better place and that they'd see him again someday. That didn't line up with my reality. 
I lost a father figure. He was dead. He was gone. I was at work an hour away and got a phone call, and my world was just stopped for that instant. I drove up to see him, his lifeless body. I couldn't hardly stay in the room. I listened to all of my family grieve. I just couldn't bear to express mine vocally. I couldn't tell them that this was the final morning for me. I couldn't tell them how much their words hurt to hear them say he was in a better place. I was glad he was no longer in pain, but as far as I was concerned, the better place was here with his loved ones, not in the ground decaying. But I had no right to take their grieving process away from them. It just hurt. I felt like I was doubly grieving. To me, death is the end. There's no silver lining. Life is to be celebrated this moment, here, now. It's why I want to live it to the fullest. It makes the time I do have all the more precious. Death. Death is the enemy. Death is the end of all things. I don't fear it anymore, but I don't like it. And it fucking hurts like nothing else. I guess I'm just sharing this because of how much stigma there is in this area for atheists. We're not horrible people. We don't worship the devil, we don't even believe in him. Yeah, there are shitty atheists, but there are shitty religious people too. You want to know what it means to me to be an atheist? It means I don't personally believe there is a God. That's it. I don't have an agenda to turn anyone away from their faith. I don't want to see religion dismantled. I believe there are churches and religions out there that do a lot of good. I use a lot of Buddhist teachings to help in my life. I think some of the moral teachings of Jesus are commendable, loving your neighbor as yourself, the golden rule, taking care of the poor. But it was so refreshing to just start thinking for myself. It was scary at first, but I actually started questioning why I thought certain things were good and bad since I didn't have a divine authority telling me they were. And it was refreshing to be able to listen to the opinions of others and not just dismiss them if they didn't match up with said authority. But none of this came quickly. I struggled for the better part of a year, praying daily for God to save my faith. So it really hurts when family and friends act like I didn't put any thought into it. I studied my faith, diligently. I read the Bible from cover to cover. And damn, can it get boring, especially in the Old Testament. I read opinions from scholars. I studied apologetics, the defense of the faith. I studied catechisms. I listened to podcasts with pastors from different traditions. I traveled to churches five hours away just to get something I felt was truthful. And at the end, I just hated God. I still believed he was real, but he, in all his power and glory, decided to create a people who were susceptible to sin just so he could show his mercy to some of them. I hated that he would send anyone to hell over something that he had the power to prevent. And then a friend asked me why I believed. And I didn't have a straight answer. I kept looking and looking for something to prove the Bible was authoritative but it was all circular. It just came back to it being authoritative because God said it. And that wasn't any different than any other religion's holy book. The seed of doubt was planted, and it grew up quick. I prayed and prayed for some kind of proof until I was just so goddamn tired of crying myself to sleep. 
I said one final prayer that night. I said that if I didn't get some kind of proof, I was done with it all. And that proof never came. So maybe I'm going to hell. Maybe the end just ends. I'm not here to debate, but I won't worship something that lets the rape, torture, murder, and starvation of innocence go by unchecked so it can show its mercy and glory to a select few. And if that makes my loved ones sad, I'm sorry. It made me too sad for too long. And I've put that all behind me. But that's why I'm quiet and not overjoyed when you tag me in religious stuff or tell me you're praying for me. I understand that you're concerned for my eternal welfare, but if God wants us to spend eternity together, the ball is in His court. Your beliefs don't make me love you any less. Hopefully you can say the same for me. I still want all the health, prosperity, and happiness for all of you. And you can pray to your heart's content for me. I won't stop you. Just, I don't know. Don't expect much. But it just hurts when you think I took this decision lightly. It hurts when you dismiss my beliefs. It hurts when the religious majority thinks they're the ones persecuted, when an atheist can't be open about their beliefs and hope to get elected into a public office. It hurts that just because someone doesn't believe a religion, they're treated like they can't be a good person. And I know part of it is because people are used to their in-groups and anything different is new and scary but it doesn't make it hurt any less. And it hurts when I see others express disbelief and everyone jumps in to reassure their faith instead of having an honest conversation with them. Don't believe what you do out of fear of punishment or hope for reward. Believe what you find to be true, whatever that may be. Work out your own path. Life is too fucking short to believe what others want you to. Hopefully you'll be lucky enough to find people who love and support you no matter what. I will always do my best, too. Did you think you really dodged a bullet when you got rid of me? Don't feel bad And it's not necessarily putting together like a new worldview. Like I feel like like all the goodness that I thought was good before is still good. Yes. Because I, it's not like I thought, you know, we, you, know you you take the... Yeah, take, Christianity doesn't, Christian belief doesn't get to own all that and, and no, keep all that. That's right. No. All that no, existed just, way before Christian belief did, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah. just because somebody na- observes <laughs> and names and institutionalizes and trademarks something doesn't mean it belongs yeah. to them. It doesn't mean they invented it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So... That's uh, good. Yeah. It's... So I don't have any other wisdom, and I'm not usually very good with words when it comes to this stuff. That's why I, I appreciate your no, you're doing really good. It's really, hel- it's really helpful. Um, but, but I don't uh, know where to fucking go from here, though. That's the problem. <laughs> I know. I mean, do, do do you? I mean, I know that I have 
found for myself and for some of my friends that the things that I struggled for many years with in terms of Christian practice, yeah. I am I am now that now that I am my motivation or inspiration or strength for that practice does not come from anything external. Um, mm-hmm. It comes from intern. It's internal now. It comes from my wanting to be a healthy, balanced person and make healthy choices and do things that are line of sight to the man who I want to be and the, mm-hmm. the world that I want to live in. And I'm and those are the things that motivate me now. And it's interesting how being detached from any objective moral grid, I have found a lot more. I'm going to use the word victory. Um, in my life in terms of the behaviors that I want to practice and that I think are healthy for me. Um, and it's been kind of a no-brainer. It's been really easy. And uh, things that I've, I struggled for 20 years with, I now, I now find aren't even a thing I have to worry about or, or even are, have to be aware of anymore. Well, and, yeah. and, um, and therefore, I find myself in many ways organically falling more in line with traditional Christian behavior and practice than I ever did before, maybe, Mm. Um, because it's no longer a struggle. Um, It just should make sense now. And for that reason, I wonder if maybe even that wouldn't give, you know, you and and someone who has a very different conclusion about those things, at least enough common ground to stand on and say, listen, while we sort it out, you know, at least – you know, we, we can agree on or see eye to eye on the fact that these practices and these behaviors, you know, are good and are healthy and, um, we can stand together and maybe at least say, like, here's the thing, like these things change. They do. Even, even if they don't, even if it's micro evolution and not macro people and beliefs and experiences change. And yeah, and when you're with someone who you're committed to, it's like, I want to go through and experience that with you. I don't want it to have to be the defining thing that keeps us from being, from feeling, I don't want it to be a break in intimacy between us. I, If anything, I want it to be a fuel of intimacy and I want it to be a thing we talk about and experience and go through together because in 10 years from now, we might find ourselves on the two opposite sides of it. We just might. Um, and so I want it to be a thing we can experience together and I want it to be a, I want, uh, you know, this to be a place where we can come and at least process and be honest about it. And, um, as a, as a, as a means of intimacy, um, that sort of thing, you know, I mean, I feel like I've had some, friends who have gone through some really hard relationship things where, you know, because it's always easier for the person um, who doesn't believe because I don't have any problem with you believing what you want and I'll support you in it. But in, in it, but it's intrinsic into, into the Christian belief that you're not allowed to be okay with me not believing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so I have the luxury of loving you regardless and you kind of don't. Um, you know, and so it's complicated. Um, but I've, you know, really good friends who continue to go to church with their significant other, you know, even though they didn't believe it. And, and they would say, listen, like, I'm okay with you, you know, I'll do all this with you and I, I'm okay with it, but I need you to be okay with me. And I need you to let me go through this too. And let's mm-hmm. go through it together. But I know that's easier said than done, but what gets complicated is when it bears on 
things that have real meaning in relationships. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, anyway, those remain to be the sticking points. Yeah. Right, right man. Well, I hope you find mm-hmm. your way through and I hope you find some peace there. And I'm, and I, I hope we talk again and you can tell me what you learned because I'm going to need to know all of it. I would love that. Um, Thanks, man. So, gosh, thank you so much for telling me some of your story and for spending a few minutes. I can't tell you how much it means to me. Very resonant. I've enjoyed it very much, and thanks for your music. Appreciate it. All right, let's talk again sometime, man. Let's do it. Have a good one. Okay, see ya. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you found it meaningful and that as fragmented and isolated as you might sometimes feel, that you know you are not alone. We want to encourage you to share this episode or any others with people you know who might also need to hear them, who also need to know that there's still a place for us and still room at the table. If you want to add your own voice, lend your support, or meet our team, you'll want to visit theairingofgrief.com and you'll find additional content for each episode there as well. We are a small team, but we have big dreams of creating new ways of connection and community where so many of us have lost those things. So if you resonate with this work and want to help us keep the conversation going, please consider joining us through Patreon. And you can learn more at theairingofgrief.com by clicking Become a Patron. We have so much we'd love to be able to do. The podcast is truly only the beginning. So thank you for being with us in this, however it is that you can be. And that said, we will see you after church next Sunday for the airing of grief.